This is the official podcast for casual anime fanatics. On today's episode, we're diving deep into Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Episode 8, titled Shibuya Incident. fans and welcome to that anime podcast for casual anime fanatics where we talk all things anime in a fun and uncensored fashion for your listening pleasure i'm your host jordo and here with me as always are my co-hosts and ken the baby brother brennan i said co-hosts but it's actually just going to be my co-host baby brother brennan because colton is not with us today i'm back off of missing my first ever that anime podcast last week brennan how did it go without me uh, it went good. I mean, anybody who listened, you know, they can let us know. We <laughs> we said we had to restart it once because we like I like did the, I like did an intro, but I didn't read like the wrong one. And then me and Colin were like, "What do we usually do next?" And he was like, "I think we just start talking." So then we like <laughs> we just reset it from the start, and I just like read the normal thing I got on the Google Drive and read it. But other than that, <laughs> that was the only hitch at the very beginning. <laughs> Did you guys record in person or remote? Remote. He was like out of his land, like mowing the backfields and shit. So he didn't get in. Like we recorded the latest shit. Shoot. Yeah, I was I was in the world of Disney. How was Disney? It was good. It was uh, it was fun. Going with a sixteen month old baby is challenging, but our three year old had a lot of fun. No or, anime stuff to be seen? No, there was some anime stuff. I'll, I mean, that Mitsukoshi store in Japan, it's it's chock full of shit. I mean, a lot of it, I would say, is Dragon Ball Z, Demon Slayer, and uh, Naruto. But then, just as much as those three is Studio Ghibli stuff. Like, it's, it's Ghibli shit everywhere. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know why I think this. But I'm pretty sure that originally they they were the ones who like uh, dubbed them Disney. Hmm. Or I think they were Makes like sense. early. They would be like the ones licensing them and distributing them in the U.S., which would make sense, you know. Japanese animation studio wants to get it, you know, out in the U.S. <clears throat> yeah. So I could see that tie, and there's just I feel like a lot of mega Disney fans would like Ghibli stuff. So it checks out I'd, that they have that shit lying in the store. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like the to go to go to Japan, like actual go to Japan, and just go in like these stores or like these these street like little shacks that people have where they're just selling little trinkets. Like that shit. For some reason, I don't know if you're that way too, but like I can't get enough of that shit. Like I just want to pick up little tiny things for like three bucks and own them. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to. That's I mean with it. Just... Even here, like, in Tulsa or, like, whenever you see any anime thing out in the world, you're like, shit, I could buy that for, like, $12, but you're like, one, what the fuck am I going to do with it, and two, where am I going to put it, and three, do I really need it, and more often than not, it's like, ah, I don't really need that. Yeah. Because it'd be easy, with, like, anime especially, it's easy just to, like, 
accumulate so many collectibles that <laughs> you don't need unless you have like a dedicated I space. I just don't. <laughs> I don't have a house where I can dedicate. You know, I got the sword. <laughs> I got the Rengoku sword, and I don't even have anywhere to put it really. You know, that's funny you mentioned that because I in Disney World I bought. I see the Stormtrooper helmet, like the replica, like movie quality, like full helmet, has the backside, voice changing, you can put it on, and I'm just like, how much is this thing? And the lady's like, 80 bucks. And I was like, 80 bucks? I think that she told me wrong, but I ha- I bought it. So I got it, I'm, it's sitting right here next to me. It's got voice changing feature. But now I've got the problem, is like, where the, where the hell am I supposed to display this thing? Yeah, that's the thing when you're in Disney too, you... <laughs> You don't really think about it when you get home. You're just like, yeah, this shit's cool. And then the other yeah. problem is, it's like you ain't got the full bodysuit to go with it. Yeah, I could probably, I could probably uh, commission somebody with a 3D printer to make me some stuff. Might as well, and then just wear it every Halloween until you die, and it'll get, you'll get your Should money's be, worth out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wear that to every cosplay. I mean, it's got to be the most popular cosplay in the world. I mean, yeah, you can't really beat it. You can't beat you can't, it. You, you can't get, hate you on it either. Some, no, it's it's just universally cool. Everybody knows what it is. But yeah, it was a good trip. Um the crazy thing is is that this episode today is our 199th episode. So next week's going to be the big 200. Yeah. And like we, the, we, uh, we got to decide. <laughs> this is the irrelevant episode. Is what they call it. Oh, the 199? Yeah, in the NFL draft, the 199th pick, Mr. Irrelevant. That's what they call him. Damn, that's that sucked to get picked, that, dra- that draft order then. Yeah, well, it's Brock Purdy for the 49ers, and he's been pretty damn good. But he was Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> the year he got drafted. <laughs> Shit, yeah, so this is Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant episode for episode. us. But we got to decide if our 200th episode is just going to be episode 9 of Jujutsu Kaisen or if we want to do like a special episode. We'll talk to Colton about it. We should do a Shield Hero. Isn't that Colton said last week it's like coming back like next week? Yeah. Or next month or something? Yeah, October 6th. Yeah, so which is crazy because we're going to be we're going to be doing dual coverage again like we used to get back to our roots. Yeah. It has to be done for Shield it's Hero. It's got to be done. Shield Hero is basically what got us. It's it's basically what got us into doing these uh, companion style podcasts. We used to just do casual, you know, just talk about whatever the heck we wanted every episode, and those are fun. But it's hard to continue thinking of good quality conversations, and so this style of like watching stuff week to week and our listeners listening it seems to work well. But um, definitely more work goes into these because you've got to watch the episode, take tons of notes. And you know, because you had to do that last week, and I usually have to do it. So how was that? That was all right. I didn't do. I mean, I just wrote down. <laughs> I just wrote down some plot points to make sure we knew what the next thing that happened was. You wrote down stuff, like literally wrote it, hand wrote it, or you didn't type it up. No, I just wrote it on a piece of paper. I didn't feel like getting on my <laughs> laptop and sitting, and I have notepads and stuff because I work from home a lot. <laughs> so I just brought it out there, and I just pause it and be like, "All right, the fight ended right here." <laughs> Kind of thing, freaking, just so we pen knew and exactly. paper. Yeah, pen and paper, going old school. Damn, <laughs> I always do when I take notes, mostly, except a few times where I will type it out if it's more long form for some of the other episodes that I plotted out that weren't episode related, but on casual topics. 
Shit, I type every single, everybody listening, I, I type out every single episode notes that we have, and they're all archived. So one of these days, I'll release these bad boys for the right price. If anybody ever wants to read through the, read through the notes of every episode, we, I, I've got them. With the exception of last week's episode, because Brendan wrote that shit down by hand. Yeah, and I probably already, I'm pretty sure I tossed them. Damn, kid. I mean, what would I need that trash for? I mean, like, just be ripped up paper at this point. <laughs> I need the rest of the notepads. So I just ripped them out and get a clean slate. I like to start from the first page every time. Yeah, makes sense. Well, if this is your first time ever tuning in, welcome to That Anime Podcast. With Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 airing, you can count on us to release podcast episodes dedicated to each new episode every week. So be sure to tell everyone you know who watches Jujutsu Kaisen to follow along on our weekly podcast as we talk about each episode. And if you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and or Spotify. Thank you for those in advance. We love getting new ones. If you haven't given us one already, this is where we beg you. If you listen weekly or just pop in every now and then and you like what you're hearing, like what you're seeing, please give us that five-star review on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if you will. I did notice our rank on Apple Podcast has been on the rise, which is good. We're like on the first, like, I think we're in the top 30 now, which is saying something, you know, saying something for a casual podcast. <laughs> um, but I did get some anime news from Colton. Let me pull those up. And it's actually pretty good stuff. Usually he just sends me a bunch of things and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to. Not going to bring that up, but here we go. Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, is scheduled to air on November 4th. And this is the actual final part. Wait. Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, in parentheses, part two. Okay, so there was already a part three, part one. This is the part three, part two, which is truly the end. And if it's not, I'm at the point where it's just like, you guys got you to gotta wrap this up. We got to know what happens. So we got that to look forward to. That's a couple months away. We've got, I don't remember if you guys talked about this last week when I was editing the episode or not, but One Piece live action, which I still have not watched. Season 2 officially confirmed. All those actors still have jobs. Congratulations. You guys freaking had a successful live action for the first time in anime history. So mm-hmm. well done. Well freaking done. Netflix has to be just rock hard with <laughs> satisfaction. They finally they're pulled probably, it off. They're probably like, how can we ruin this <laughs> shit now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet you Oda is celebrating. He's like, my of all anime, the one that's still ongoing is the one to make it. Well, he is still, he's actually the one who made the announce, like the official announcement, so. Good. Yeah, he's going to be involved again, obviously. Well, he didn't give up creative control whenever he sold it away like everybody else who just said, yeah, give me the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll stay out of it. He didn't say that, so yeah, um, it, it should be a good season two. Sweet. I still haven't watched it, but I'm, I'm going to, so bear with me, everyone. Solo leveling. The anime that's actually not a manga, it's a manhwa, it's a Korean, a South Korean comic. It begins in January 2024, so actually pretty soon, 
I mean, I mean it's a ways off, but something. No, to that's keep three. Your eye that's on. three months. Yeah, it'll show. It'll We're probably ha- show up in the news a couple more times before then. They'll be like trailer or some shit's gonna come out. So we'll we'll be talking about it up to the lead up. It's gonna it's gonna be a good one. I can tell. I picked up the manual at Barnes and Noble one day and I started it. I read the first couple pages. And I could tell the shit was fire, so I put it down for the sake of the podcast. I was like, I, I got to go into this blind. Because <laughs> I, I was like, we're probably going to be doing coverage on this. And we always have way better conversations when we don't know what the fuck is going on. Next is Blue Exorcist Season 3. It's coming also in January 2024. So a few months away. Never watched Blue Exorcist, though. Shield Hero Season 3, October 6th. You can bet your asses we're doing coverage on that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be that anime podcast. Also on October 6th, Goblin Slayer Season 2. Can't freaking wait. Don't know what they're going to do with it, but super excited. Dr. Stone Season 3, Part 2, October 12th. Spy Family Season 2, October. No date in October, though. Tokyo Revengers Season 3, Quick Turnaround, October 4th. Damn, that was a quick turnaround. Didn't that shit just end like three months ago? Yeah, <laughs> I never watched Season 2, but it feels like the uh, the hype wasn't there like it was Season 1. Like That's coming from a guy that watched Season 1 a little bit late, but it was still airing as I watched it, but maybe that's to do with that. They're like, let's get the Season 3 out while there's still some <laughs> a peak of interest. Yeah, or you risk I, it. I really like season dying. two. You need to watch it because season two was actually pretty good. It started off a little slower and introduced some new people, but all still relevant to Hanagaki Takamichi. So October is going to be packed, and obviously we can't provide coverage on all of them. We can talk a little about all of them, but we're definitely going to be doing coverage on Shield Hero and Jujutsu Kaisen. But, I mean, we're obviously going to be talking about Tokyo Revengers as well, Spy Family, Dr. Stone, and what was the other one that I mentioned? Solo Leveling? No, that was January. There was one other in October. Oh, Attack? It was Spy Family, Dr. Stone, Goblin Slayer. Yeah, it was Spy Family. But you don't watch Spy Family, so we really can't talk about it much. I mean, you can. I don't plan on watching it, so... Uh, you been watching any anime lately? No, I just I just only watch One Piece and Jujutsu Kaisen when it comes out. I, I exclusively only watch One Piece because I'm trying to nice. catch up. I'm getting I'm close as shit to <laughs> being caught up to Gear Five. <laughs> yeah, to, well, to Gear Five, and then in general, just being caught up, which will be weird as shit to be like. <laughs> You're gonna up, be in the one percent. Caught up on One Piece. I mean, to be caught up, I think I've cut it down to, like, 40 episodes, so. Holy shit. I'm right, I'm in there. I'm, like, nine, like, 970, 960s, I don't know, up there. Yeah, you're close. I've been just watching Jujutsu Kaisen, Mushoku Tensei, and this still is on 100, but I started reading the, just Naruto manga, just because I've, I read through all the other Naruto stuff that there is to offer. I was like, man, I got to go back to the source. Just instead of rewatching Naruto, I was like, I'm I'm just gonna read this shit. 
and it's good. It's just crazy to go back and read this this shit and see these drawings. And this guy, Kishimoto, he had no idea at the time that he was creating the best anime or one of the most popular anime of all time at the time. It's just weird to go back and, and see these these panels and these pages and read what these characters are saying and then know how it ends. But one thing I did find interesting, the the sexy jutsu that Naruto calls it in the anime, it's not called that in the in the manga. What do they call it? He he calls it the ninja centerfold jutsu. Hmm. I don't even <laughs> think they they don't call it that even in the uh like the subtitles it's still called the sexy jutsu but yeah that's what's confusing i'm like what's this ninja centerfold jutsu and they also don't call it the the doppelganger jutsu it's called the doppelganger jutsu not the clone shadow clone what do they call it yeah they don't call it shadow clones they just call it doppelganger jutsu really what are you reading it on just like online the shonen jump app i'd have to see that in a hard copy that's just weird yeah, like, it's weird. I could see the centerfold thing being in there and it just getting lost in the time, but like, I just feel like somebody would like have been like, it's actually called the doppelganger, the doppelganger jutsu, like on it is well, TikTok well, or because it's the same thing and it's the same thing in Boruto. They call it the doppelganger jutsu. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? A lot what of the times, hell is this? it comes back to the original. Like somebody out there, like she thinks they're purists, will like. Be like it's. I, I just. It's just weird that I've never like heard of that. There's not a single Naruto Narutard out there that's called it the Ninja Centerfold Jutsu, but that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, that one's not as surprising with the Doppelganger Jutsu. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Man. And I also forgot Naruto. The whole reason he can do so many clones is because he freaking he took that hidden scroll. <laughs> well, yeah, and because his chakra reserves too. Yeah, but yeah, he learned it from that scroll in season one. He to that was he thought he'd pass the test if he could learn one forbidden jutsu. Yeah, little did he know he was gonna be spamming that thing the rest of the show. Yeah, basically learned two or three more jutsu (laughs) from that point on. Uh Called it good. All right, you ready to start up on this episode? Yep. All right, so this is episode eight of Jujutsu Kaisen season two titled Shibuya Incident. Here's the episode synopsis. Team Meimei are reassigned to a veil that has been lowered over Meiji Shrine Station. The team splits up and Yuji encounters a grasshopper curse assigned to protecting the veil. Elsewhere, Satoru Gojo encounters Jogo, Hanami, and Choso. What did you think of this episode, Vernon? It was good. I mean, I guess just because... Uh, it was called the Shibuya incident. I thought it was like gonna be like get buck wild, like something like the incident was gonna happen. I mean, I know the incident is unfolding. I just thought, I don't know. I thought there was gonna be like some uh some shockers go down, but it was still a solid episode. I mean, uh-huh. kind of slow, but we got we got really like, I guess not, but we got a fight from one of the main cast. Like we got the fight with Itadori, so it was yeah. Uh, they're cool to see it was a suspense building episode for me i just keep waiting for for gojo to get his ass jumped (laughs) yeah and i'm it feels like it should happen next episode but now i'm like dang i I don't know because i mean none of us know we haven't read the manga so we don't know how how much they can stretch it out or how quick it happens so Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's supposed to be a 24-episode season, and, I mean, this is episode 8, so at some point, I would say we've got to be close to, like, some pretty serious shit happening. But one other note that I have before we go into digging into this. So Gojo is always fighting this Jogo guy. And their names, when you're typing them out, you realize they're, the J and the G's for these names are just swapped. And I wonder if that's on purpose. Who, Jugo and Hanami? What do you mean? Jogo and Gojo. Jogo? I thought, it was, I thought it was J-U-G-O, Jugo. No, it's J-O-G-O. J-O-G-O? Oh, I never noticed that. In and then it. Gojo is G-O-J-O. Yeah. Probably it's got to just be because it's an English translation. I mean, yeah, there definitely there's no there's nothing there's no parallels we're supposed to be drawn from that. I can okay. Almost, I mean, there's no way the volcano head. <laughs> and also, yeah, yeah, and also, were, did that that giant like water ocean curse? Did he get recasted or something? Where the fuck's that guy been? What water ocean curse? I don't even know. Who from you're season about. one, he from season one, he, they go to dinner or that breakfast place. Ghetto, Hanami, Jogo, and the water guy. He's like a giant whale or whatever, or a squid. He's big, fat. He, he didn't go to dinner. He was just like in the ocean in that beach world. He was walking down the street with them when they went to that dinner. I don't know. I don't remember. I just watched season one, too. I don't remember him being at the diner where they started lighting people on fire. But maybe he yeah, was. Yeah, he was there. It's they don't ever show that guy anymore. Maybe he, he was in, in any the, of maybe the, he was in the manga and not in the anime. Maybe because like they got this Chozo guy from the the blood manipulation clan rolling deep with them now. Piece of shit. <laughs> but all right, let's get let's get into this. The episode it starts off. It's eight thirty eight p.m. in Shibuya Hikari, the B three F which I'm guessing is the basement, third floor. These are the subway areas. It's, is it Halloween? Is that why everybody's dressed up? Yeah, it's Halloween. They said that October okay. 31st. Okay. I don't, they didn't say the date on this episode, but I was like, I they couldn't last remember episode. if they said it last. Yeah, and it's just big time Halloween, just like an old odd taxi. I guess freaking I dress up Tokyo. Tokyo is the place to be for Halloween because everybody shows out. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, Gojo, he notes that there's a second veil centered centered underneath them and that it also traps non-sorcerers inside. So these veils basically are only, from what we know, basically just trapping non-sorcerers. It's not keeping anybody from going in. I think it's still even letting non-sorcerers go in and... Jujutsu sorcerers in and out. It's basically just keeping keeping people in once in. If you don't know, yeah, it's keeping the regos in cursed energy. All the all of the uh, pedestrians, yeah. non <laughs> sorcerers as they call them, the muggles. Yeah. Uh, Gojo jumps down. He starts walking on people's faces. Doesn't give a crap. Well, he's not. He actually, says he's not actually touching them. <laughs> no, he was jumping on. He landed on that girl's face at the very no, beginning. He's using, he's using infinity because you know how it like gets slower when you try to touch him. Oh, so that's he was, what was happening. He was just doing that, like so, like right before he was touching him, it was just that effect. 
That's how. That's that what I thought sense. it was doing. You know, you can't touch him. So obviously that makes more sense. It's the same thing. I'm just thinking. I just thought he was walking on people's face for, for the uh, he for the hell of it. He would have done it to a girl, and then the, <laughs> less though. Maybe it was just some some dude. I don't think he just walk on a girl's face. Yeah, he says. I think I have a good idea what they're after. I'll play along. Let me ask you this. Do you think he knows what their plan is? Do you think that he has any idea that they're after him? Uh, yeah, but probably not like they think. I mean, I'm taking it as he's a little smug right now and that he's going to be real surprised. So but you then- do think he's... Because, like, we, we've seen the flashback of Gojo. He's been through some shit. He can be serious. He's lost a fight to Fushiguro Toji. But... Like I'm, I'm wondering this episode how smart really is he? Like he's gotten to the point where he's so powerful. Like, does he really have his guard up? Is he really thinking through this? Is he aware of the prison realm? What is the prison realm? Surely, if something exists that can trap Satoru Gojo, he would have to know about that, right? That's when he says I'll play along. It makes me think like he thinks he knows what's happening, but I don't really know if he does. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's just because it's Ghetto, and Ghetto knows him so well, and it's almost like it's his own fault if he does get caught, because it's like, you could have killed this dude a while back, maybe a couple times, and pro- mm-hmm. probably should have at this point. But I, it'll also be good for us to see, like, reasons why he hasn't yet. Yeah. Because it's like, if it's that dangerous, if it's that dangerous, don't send in any sorcerers. Let them kill... I don't know how many people. I mean, it's dark, it's dark as shit. Just say let them <laughs> kill all the non-sorcerers, and then their plan doesn't their plan doesn't work, you know. But I mean, that's probably not a good idea. But you yeah, know what I'm saying like if it was that, if if he felt like he was in that danger, then he could technically do that. But obviously, I think he still feels pretty safe. It just worries me thinking like if it's coming down to a battle of intellect and planning and scheming. I don't think that Gojo can outwit Ghetto. That's the only thing that worries me a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. They're just going to have to put him in like a unwinnable situation, I guess. Where he... I don't really know who they could leverage against him to make him do something or put him into some situation where it's like, well, this is the only option and I have to rely on them to stop it kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, at the very least, like that'll be him making the decision, like, okay, I'm going to get trapped for now and trust them, more so than him just being like, shit, I got, I got duped. <laughs> I got bested. <laughs> yeah, I like just missing that he's bested. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> well, we go over to the Ayama Cemetery, and now it's 8.39 p.m., so we got Yuji, Mei Mei, and Wee Wee, spelled U-I-U-I. And this Wee Wee kid, he calls Mei Mei Nesama. I thought he was calling her, yeah. Does that mean that's his sister? That's what I kept thinking, or like he's calling her like big sis at the very least. Let me look up what Nesama means. It's, it means... Like, oh, Onesama means yeah, old elder sister, so that's his yeah. sister. Well, that's what I was he's taking just, it as, like, but I don't know if it's, like, he, he just calls her that or what, because sometimes, like... They look related. 
Yeah, they do, but sometimes in other anime, just like a younger character will just call like an older character that aren't related to Big Bro or something or Big Sis. Yeah. I don't know. They they mentioned some family stuff too. Yeah, but... I didn't get that part. I re reread it on that part too, and I just didn't. I could never realize like if he had a crush on her or, or what the deal was. Yeah, the, it kind of the way that they're all talking about like each other and Gojo and the way that they look with their white hair and like clearly May May has some kind of eye power it could be related to six eyes or a form. It makes me think that Gojo is related to her and related to this kid. You think? I just thought she. Was and I think he doesn't. I think he doesn't out. like. I think that Wee Wee doesn't like Gojo because May May has a thing for Gojo. Maybe. I don't know. She could. I just I haven't gotten that before just from I know she likes money. That's really all I know about her and that she's a warg. But other than yeah, that, that's I what I have. She's basically a warg. I, I didn't see any connections <laughs> to Gojo. More so than them just being like, you know, teachers. Well, what about the hair? They got the same hair as my boy. It's just yeah, a it's, it's a like, blue undertone instead of purple. I mean, it's just an anime. Like, there's gonna be characters with, <laughs> with white hair. That's just Hell given. no! If you make Brendan, if you're making an anime with a character named Goto Satoru, you're he's the only character that can have that hair, that white hair. I mean, it's possible unless you they want may have unless some... you. It's like Naruto and Minato, man. This is like if you don't put this shit together right away, who the what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, I don't, know like, if it's, I don't know if it's that blatant. It's like, <laughs> what does, why does the fourth Hokage know me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, well, I guess we'll find out if they're related later on. But this kid, Wee Wee, he's got some kind of weapon. We can't tell what it is at the beginning. It's wrapped in a red cloth. We found out later that it's just an axe. Um, Did we find that out in the episode? The only reason I knew that is from the opening. I didn't remember. Yeah, we find it out. He's whenever they're running after they reunite, he's carrying it on his shoulder, unwrapped. Uh, okay, okay. Because uh, I was wondering when she was gonna break that thing out. So it, it was uh, Wee Wee's, or was it was it May May's? It's in the opening. She's holding it over her shoulder, so I'm assuming it's hers. So he's okay. So he just must be like literally there to carry her weapons. I mean, he could probably fight a little bit, but yeah, he seems. I mean, you're probably right. She may be from like the Gojo clan. He's like a retainer of sorts. She basically <laughs> helps her in fights, so he's probably pretty skilled, but doesn't. Because whenever they do the the translation, it says Mei Mei, uh, Jujutsu Sorcerer level one or whatever. And then it says Itadori promotion on hold, but why it just him? said Wee Wee. It didn't why, say anything uh... about him being a sorcerer. Why is Itadori and Panda's promotion eval on hold, but everybody else is they're alive? Is it because one's a freaking curse and the other's a curse? I guess they're both curses, technically. Yeah, I bet you that they got denied. That's the only that. thing I could think of. Panda, they're like, oh, no. But he's already been promoted before because he's grade two, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Why yeah. not give him another promotion? With Yuji, I guess it makes sense just because they're like, we can't promote Sukuna's vessel. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's how they're dropping the breadcrumbs because everybody else is still like they're getting evaled. Seems like a pretty dangerous yep. time for an evaluation, but I guess it's as good of a time as any. Yeah, I'm not sure. It probably is just because they're they're prejudiced against the vessel and the the non-human. Yeah, but then it's like Maki. She's still in it. Like she's still getting evaled. 
even though like she's on a mission with her pops who hates her. Yeah. So it's like I what, forgot about that. What's going on here? But either way. So May May says Itadori kun change in destination. Another veil like the uh, like one over in Shibuya was lowered over the Meiji Shrine Station. We're heading to that one. Then she turns to him and says, "We're running. Keep up." I guess she's fast, but he clearly caught. He, he clearly kept up with them. Yeah, it but, seemed kind of. I thought they were gonna show them like running and then then be like, "This kid's fast." But, I mean, we I already know, we already know he's fast, but you know, that's just where I thought they were going with that. Yeah, I don't know if I trust this May May girl yet. The fact that she was involved in promoting Itadori, and you know, like she doesn't even know these kids. Like she didn't recommend him know. though. Yeah, she did. But Toto was the one who recommended her, recommended him. Like she did recommend the other people, but not Yuji specifically, or she wouldn't have been able to go on the mission with him. Hmm. Well, she was the one that said that her and Toto, neither one of them would be able to go on missions since they were the ones that recommended him. Like they, the the two of them recommended all five. I thought they were just like each of them had their own recommendations, but I mean, yeah, she could definitely be bad anytime someone's like puts money above everything else and she could definitely betray somebody for some bread yeah i i have a feeling we can't trust her and even in gojo's flashback just she just doesn't seem like her morals are good she just cares about money maybe power too anyway go back to gojo so we go back in time a little bit here because oh no we don't go back in time yet so now it's 8 40 p.m we're back at the tokyo metro station in shibuya he's at the basement floor the basement fifth floor so bf5 gojo drops down he says i see you're fully prepared and jogo says you came gojo you won't have any excuses left when you lose this time and jogo is like and have you given any thought to the first excuse you'll use when you lose? And that's when the intro song plays. And in the words of Colton, he said this once, and I was like, damn, that's so true. This song is a grower, not a shower. If, <laughs> it, it grows on you quick, man. Because like, that first week, we did think it was like tame and kind of slower. But this shit, it slaps, man. Yeah, I just got to give it some time, like with most openings. I mean, there are some. I mean, really, I don't know if there are any where you're just like, you always need a few, especially when you're watching it week to week. And I like to, I like to enjoy them as they are. So, <laughs> so I don't like to bump them like after hearing it once, like with any anime and then just be like, oh, I'm about to, I'm about to bang that shit every, <laughs> I'm about to play that shit on repeat every day now. I like to give it a few to set in so I can like learn to appreciate it for what it is. But yeah, it's, it's a good opening. It it is very good. The song the song hits. They they killed it. Everything about the animation and the song they accompany each other so well. Still love the opening. Uh, so now it's eight fifty one p.m. We go over to Yuji, Mei Mei, and Wee Wee. They're at the Tokyo the Tokyo Metro Meiji Shrine Station. Exit two. Some random girl is helping to, helping them, and she says there's a veil to keep ordinary people trapped inside, covering the entire underground subway station. And within that, there's another veil centered around the platform on level B5. And in quotations, I put just as a note for us, the audience, level B5 
where they're trapping more people is where Gojo is. And that prevents sorcerers from entering. So they can't get there. So that's the veil where they literally are only letting Gojo in, and that's it. She says, We believe that the cursed spirit or curse user who lowered these veils is located somewhere between these two. Also, there are transfigured humans between the barriers. And this triggers Yuji. He, he ain't having no freaking transfigured humans on his watch. Oh, that was about the veil for Gojo. I thought that was about the veil. Just the veil at the shrine, the Meiji shrine. Well, oh, maybe. Like she was telling the him, like, ma- this is how this, this, how this veil is. So Gojo's at the, he's at the Shibuya one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's different. I mean, maybe that is all, it's all the same type of veil, but I just know, like, the girl that's explaining it to them is like, that's the one they're going to. So the transfigured yeah. humans aren't where Gojo is. It's just, I don't know the layout of Japan, so I don't know where the, where the Meiji Shrine is, but. Yeah, yeah, location. you're right. You're right. You're right. So irrelevant, unrelated to where Gojo is on B5. This is the Meiji Shrine, not the Shibuya Shrine. Um, this transfigured human thing, I think it's funny how this this shit, they really, they really want you to know that Yuji ain't about that life. He, he's not a fan of these transfigured humans. And I think even more so, he knows that Mahito, or Patch Face, Patchwork Face, is nearby. Um, this is where we learn May's curse technique, which is, yeah, like you, you mentioned, she's a warg. So she's able to use the perception of the crows for her own eyes. Excuse me. Maymay says, I've got the gist of it. And this is after her crows get fucking murdered. (laughs) Itadori Kun, which would you prefer? Killing lots of weak, transfigured humans or exercising one powerful cursed spirit? Knowing you, it's probably the latter. I'm guessing they're forcing normal people to flee to B5 and serving them up. Also, my crows got hunted down here between B1 and B2. This is likely where the cursed spirit or curse user who lowered the veil is. Itadori's like really hoping he gets to fight Patchwork Face Mahito. And rightfully so, because he's the one who killed Junpei. Uh, Mei Mei and Wee Wee, they're going to go to Exit 7 to B4 to rescue civilians and fight the transfigured humans while Itadori gets the veil lifted, fighting on. B1 and 2. And Yuji turns to Mason and says, I won't lose anymore. So still after he lost to... I guess was it... It would have been Mahito, was, but he didn't really lose to him. He just got away. I, I think he might actually be talking about when he lost... When he had to fake his own death. When Sukuna ripped his own heart out. He, had to, he gave into that special grade. Yeah, I mean, before he trained be with Gojo, I was just thinking more so related to Mahito since he's got major beef with him. Yeah. So now it's nine oh one p.m. We go over to the Tokyo Metro, the Meiji Shrine Station B two F. So we're still with Yuji, but now it's just Yuji because Mei Mei and Wee Wee went away. He sees the Grasshopper Curse eating a human. The Grasshopper is like. What are you looking at? And this guy just—he really thinks he's clever. That's they wanted. That's what they wanted us to know about this grasshopper curse. Yeah, he which I never really—I never really got. Like, what was the point of him thinking he was so clever? I have no idea. 
Like, I, yeah, he was obviously like not the smartest curse we've ever seen. Obviously, compared to like Mahito and Yugo, like volcano. Head. But he could speak. Yeah, but he was like a smarter curse for sure. He had dialect, and maybe that was why, because he was hanging out with them and he was trying to see himself in the same light. But yeah, they, yeah, that was like his thing. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or what. I mean, he. I he think was, it was supposed to be. He funny. is pretty funny. Like he had a couple moments where he was kind of. He's kind of funny. When he did the Vegeta, when he was like, oh, 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 Yeah, whenever he was like, this guy's really clever. <laughs> uh, the grasshopper, he tells him, and his name is Kogai, actually. Um, but anyways, he tells him that Mahito's below them and that his, he's responsible for protecting the veil. This is when Yuji recalls Junpei to, and he says to himself, Mahito. I think Junpei called him that too. No, its name doesn't matter right now. So this is where he learns the name of Patchwork Face is Mahito. Uh, we have a Gojo memory that Yuji recalls. Gojo says, barriers are pretty complicated. Yeah, there are plenty of people who are strong and still can't do them. Though I'm both strong and capable. Smug as hell. <laughs> That's why you love him. Um. I honestly, during this fight, I was impressed by Yuji because he was thinking through the entire situation. He was like feeling out the grasshopper to see if he had any tricks because he obviously could have killed him right away, but he chose not to because he didn't want to risk losing. Um, it was nice to see that side of Yuji because sometimes you just think he's a knucklehead who goes and watches Earthworm, human Earthworm movies. Yeah, I mean, it's just the classic. It's because of this... He's going to have a big fight in this arc. Like, his revenge tour against Mahito has happened in this arc. So this is just, like, the pre... Which, you have to have this fight. You can't just show uh-huh. up. You can't just show up. You have to have the, like, the growth fight where it's... Which I always like to see, like, a character, even, like, my hero with Deku at certain points. Like, sometimes it's good to just see them take somebody on and pretty much win handily at their own pace because they're just stronger. Because you, <laughs> you don't want every fucking fight to be a struggle. <laughs> you do want the good fights to be a struggle, but sometimes it's like, okay, this dude's been training, like, he's getting put up for promotions, like, everybody's in awe of him, like, it's time to just kick some ass. Yeah. Against a grasshopper is. curse, like, this dude shouldn't, shouldn't really, like, pose too big of a threat, like, he's strong, but Itadori needed to put him to work, and he did. And he did. Grasshopper gets kicked through a wall. He gets up and he says, I take it you're not clever, huh? You don't know what curse I am, do you? Did you know? The not clever ones die first in this world. Yuji says, huh? You're a grasshopper curse, right? This shit blows the grasshopper's mind. And he's like, this guy is clever. <laughs> we get a little grasshopper lesson and learn about how they can plague lands. They just fucking eat everything. Which is honestly a little scary because I know that that's happened. <laughs> that's happened before. Well, yeah, recently. they're talking just... like locusts. Well, yeah, I guess are yeah. they the same? They're not like it's the same. I see, but yeah, I, I understand that. But they're both crunchy. <laughs> you step yeah, on. they fight. Uh, the grasshopper says, "You can't just keep running away. Which is it with you? Are you clever or not clever?" And then he says again, "I'm clever." Yuji walks right up to his face and says, clever people wouldn't really go around calling themselves clever. Clever. And then they settle things with their fists. Uh, and then after they fight, did you notice that Yuji hits us with the Frieza stance? No, I didn't see it. 
he was standing in the background with his hands glowing, with, you know, down by his side, and then one foot kind of forward and cocked to the side. Literally, go back and watch it. It's literally, it's got to be a, a shout out to Dragon Ball Z because he, he was straight up doing the, the Frieza. <laughs> I'd have to see it. I just don't know because Frieza, he's always been a little, uh, I don't know. I just feel like he always has like his finger in the air for some reason. <laughs> no, I'll show you. I'll show you. I wish this is why I hate that you can't screenshot Crunchyroll anymore because I would have sent that to our little group text and posted it on Instagram. But you just can't do it anymore. But yeah, yeah it's if I could do a side by side of, I'll I screenshotted the time, so I'll I'll send that to you and you can go look at it. Um, UG, uh. Okay, so we leave that fight for now. So now it's 9.14 p.m. Well, okay, Yuji beats the grasshopper, kills his ass. Now it's 9.14 p.m. We see Mahito at the Tokyo Metro Meiji Shrine, station B5F. And so he was at the same station that Yuji's at. And he says, Kogai was exercised, huh? That means a skilled sorcerer is here. What a shame. I wanted to fight them. But I can't, huh? Got a job to do. Wonder what his job is. Probably some uh, part of the barrier or some part of the prison. He's got, he's got some role to play. Something. Now it's 9.15 and we're back with Itadori, Meimei, and Yuyi. Yu, Wee Wee. Itadori's praying over the dead. Um... May May is impressed with Itadori, and she even says that he's practically already a first grade. And she says she hasn't seen anyone get this far without a technique since Kusakabe. Which, is that Haname? Hanami? No, Kusakabe is that teacher with Panda that we don't really oh. know much about him. The one from last episode, just the second year teacher. I don't really know what his power is, but apparently he doesn't have a power, so he probably just throws hands too. <laughs> I can't even think of what Kusakabe looks like. Is he the guy with the beanie? No, he was with Panda last episode. He's older because he's a teacher. He's got like a kind of like an undercut, <laughs> like most of the adults. He had glasses too and like a goatee, I think. Uh, I don't know. The principal. No, but like me and Colton talked about it last week. I don't think we've seen him before. If we have, it's been very briefly. The only reason I know okay. Kusakabe is because. Uh, it's the same last name as Shinra from Fire Force, so I like that's how I jotted him <laughs> down in my head <laughs> who that guy was. Nice. Uh, this is a part where we also see Wee Wee's weapon. It's an axe. That's Mei Mei's weapon. Uh, yeah, Mei Mei's weapon. That he just he's just the the donkey or the mule, I should say. That's yeah. what they call it. There's a real. There's a. There used to be real in like wars. I'm pretty sure, or some somewhere. Oh, yeah. Are they like happy with their weapon runners? Shit, that'd be that'd be a tight gig. You just got to be quick on your feet. Um, they find a lady down on B four, and she's in a trance or something. Like, lady, are you okay? And she's just staring off. Like, what what did you make of this situation? Because they don't explain it this episode. But I just this episode was a little tough to follow. But this lady, something happened to this lady. I don't know if she saw some shit or if she's like. Yeah, I don't what? know. She's like traumatized from something. Is I guess all we can really think of right now. Like she saw some shit that messed her up. 
Which if she saw some right people when getting they got transfigured, there, then that would that check out. Right when they got there, May May said, uh, "Oh man, now that I'm thinking about it, May May might be bad." She she thought he was going to struggle more, and she didn't know if it was Mahito or what, but she thought he was going to struggle. She says he's practically already a first grade. Right when they arrived down there. I don't even know what we were looking for, but the first thing she says is, looks like we're, we're too late. That's all she says. And then Yuji's like, hey, lady, lady. And then we see her face, and she's freaking traumatized. Uh, probably because all the people down there got killed or something. There were no bodies down there. There were just some people sitting on the ground. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Let us know in the Discord. Or maybe they were just too late to catch Mahito. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's what it was. That would explain her traumatization. Well, anyway, we go back to Gojo. Uh, first thing they do is they have Hanami trap them in there with her wooden branches. Gojo says, you don't need to do this. I won't run. I mean, if I ran, you guys would kill every human in here, right? Somewhere's Waldo guy says, what are those two talking about? And the other guy next to him says, don't you mean four? So this is a nod at the fact that these non-sorcerers, one of them cannot see curses, and the other guy can see curses. But the fact that he's in there means he's a non-jujutsu sorcerer. So some, somehow this dude without sorcery power is able to see him. Yeah, which, they, they exist. That's the same as like the assistants. That's what they are. Like Ichishi oh, okay. and the girl who was given the layout. That's, that's what they are. They can see curses, but they can't use them. Dang. Yeah, so I don't know why they they put that in there. I guess it was it just to let us know that Chozo is a sorcerer and not a curse. Like, why why even give us that? I don't know. I think they're just trying to sprinkle in that, like, maybe some people have potential or just remind us that, yeah, some people can see it because you remember in two episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode, one of the girls was could see the barrier being formed, but the others couldn't. So I don't yeah. know, they're just kind of like sprinkling in the fact that, hey, <laughs> some people can see this shit. Yeah. Jogo says, if you ran, huh? The correct answer is, and then we got our first flashback to a conversation that Ghetto is having with Jogo and prepping him for this fight with Gojo. And the whole time, Ghetto, very oddly, is blowing bubbles. And they're, they're having this conversation at like a school, a school playground. <laughs> Ghetto says, do you understand when Satoru Gojo is able to utilize his power to the fullest? Well, it's when he's alone. Now we go back to the present. Jogo says the correct answer is whether you run or not. And people pour in all around Gojo. They like basically drop them in there like cattle. And Gojo in his head says, ah, so they sealed the exit off earlier to create a blind so I wouldn't know if there were people on the other side or not. Because he can only sense cursed energy and none of them have cursed energy. Um, We go back to the flashback of Ghetto. He says, any Jujutsu sorcerer with him is basically just a hindrance. So we'll go one step lower and completely surround him with non-sorcerers. Back to the present, Jogo's going ape shit. He starts setting people on fire everywhere. Hanami's killing people. Chozo uses his blood manipulation, slicing exorcism to try to hit Gojo in the in the forehead. 
It just bounces off his infinity technique, though. I mean, it's a good plan. I get why they can't do it, but he he doesn't have any ability where he could just be like, all right, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill Jugo first, and then I'm gonna kill Hanami, and then the curse user. Like, he has to use his infinite domain. Like, I get it. Like, they had everything thought through. Like, well, you can't use your infinite domain because then like he'll just use his because you're gonna kill everybody anyway. So he might as well do it. Uh huh. But it's like I still feel like he's good enough to like kill one of them. Yeah. At the very least, like, what? Like, he can't protect them all. Like, if they're all three just going to split up and start killing people, you might as well. The best course of action at that point is, like, okay, I'm going to get one of them, then another, and you'll probably save the most lives that way. So I'll be interested to see what he'll do. Because it's no, there's no point in just trying to go around and save people. They're packed in like some sardines. So, like, people are, people are dying either way. Yeah. It sounds like to me the whole thing, their whole goal is to get him to focus on his defense and turn off his six eyes to make him lose focus on his surroundings. Like, get him, like they say later on, we need him focused on saving people and exercising curses. And so it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to work, but then again, it'd be cool to be duped as the audience along with Gojo. However they do it, it's looking like it's going to be surprising, no matter what they do. But we go another flashback, Ghetto prepping Jogo. He says, the minimum output for his curse technique reversal is double that of his amplification. It'll be nearly impossible for him to use it without catching non-sorcerers in it too. He probably won't be able to charge his blue up to an effective output either. It should prove difficult for him to use blue for high-speed movement as well. It would make him... make him a dump truck as far as non-sorcerers are concerned. Get hit and it's instant death. So in that situation, Satoru Gojo will have to focus his energy on defense. And then Jogo, back to the present, they're in Hanami, they're trying to hit Gojo with a punch, and it's getting blocked by the infinity, but then they both pull out their other arm and try a domain amplification, which is a form of simple domain, and so he teleports away. Gojo says makes sense and he says this all internally or he says this out loud makes sense I suppose you would think of that after allying with curse users and then in his head he says domain amplification it's the simple principle it's the same principle as the new shadow school's simple domain they envelop themselves in the domain while it reduces its guaranteed hit effect It ensures that it neutralizes any technique used. That would allow their attacks to hit me. So they found a way that they can hit Gojo. We get another flashback of Ghetto. And it's Jogo saying, what do we do about his domain, Infinite Void? Ghetto basically just tells him he can't use it because he'll kill everybody there, but make sure you don't use yours either because then then he's going to use his and you'll be dead. Um. If you draw a large mass of non-sorcerers into your domain, he'll be forced to give up on them and use his two, and you already realize that you can't win a tug-of-war of domains, right? At any rate, you just need to get Satoru Gojo to focus. Focus on defeating cursed spirits and rescuing non-sorcerers. So that's their whole plan, or at least Jogo, Hanami, and Chozo's side of this. So Jogo, he kills a girl. He says, I told you not to run. Can you not understand unless I do this? 
And this is when Gojo's like, man, honestly, I'm shocked. And Joe goes like, what? Making excuses? Gojo pulls off the blindfold. Not at all, Baldy. I'm saying I'm shocked that you ever thought you could beat me if this is all you've got. Do you think, Brennan, that at this point he still understands that it's a trap? Like, yeah, he just probably thinks he's above the trap. Like, it ain't a good enough okay. trap. I mean, obviously, he doesn't okay. think it's good enough because he's, he's already just said, you think this is all you've got. It's not going to be good enough. Let me ask you this, too. Do you think he cares about these civilians getting killed? Uh, that's kind of where I don't know. That's kind of where I'm nervous. I'm nervous to know the answer to that. Because he was the one who, I mean, in... They showed us the hidden inventory arc before the season, you know, and he was the one who was going to kill all those people. <laughs> and Ghetto was the one who was like, now we got to have a reason. And now it's kind of flipped, but, like, maybe this is his reason now. Like, that, maybe it's a good enough reason is, like, we have to stop these guys. So, I, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. But I'm not sure it'd be kind of crazy. I mean, he'd still be a good guy, I guess, but I don't know how the how the fans would feel. Because that would definitely put him in the morally. I mean, that wouldn't even be in the morally gray area. That would just be in the. That'd just be in the dark. <laughs> yeah, a part. A part of it is like kind of nice though, because that's always how the villains get the good guys. Like they they put the knife to the throat of a innocent bystander, and now all of a sudden, you know, there's not not shit you can do about it. So it's kind of whether he cares or not, the way he's reacted so far, it's nice to not know how it's gonna go. You know, they're not going to be able to just grab him by the nutsack and have him in the palm of their hand. Like, he's he's letting you kill these people, but I mean, you, you ain't going to You can stop it either way, but yeah, I mean, he's already seen a handful, you know, double digit, you know, 10, 15 people get slaughtered, or maybe more, I don't know for sure, but uh-huh. people have already been, they just haven't been, like, mass destroying people, but, like, if you're in their range, like, they're going to go ahead and get you. <sighs> I, w- I definitely wouldn't want to be <laughs> burned alive by Jogo. That that's definitely the worst way to go. <laughs> I mean, they all suck, but yeah, just just spontaneously combust <laughs> for all you yeah, know. Just like, I'm really burning that, now. That shit, not fun. We get the last flashback from Ghetto. He says, "I want you to hold out for at least twenty minutes. After that, it's time for me and the prison realm." So they started fighting at eight forty p.m. So at 9 o'clock, it will be prison realm time. And what the hell is the prison realm? I'm, I mean, you know it's happening next episode because episode 9 next week is called Shibuya Incident Gate Open. So the gate, I'm guessing, yeah, I mean, is to the prison realm is going to be opened. The gate of death. And the eighth gate. You know what I think is going to happen in this season? I think some we're going to be introduced to some character that we haven't met yet, we've never even heard of, that is even more powerful than anybody we've seen, and it's going to be a real freaking problem. That's more, kind of my feeling. More powerful than Gojo? Yeah, some, some like maybe like the gatekeeper of the prison realm. You know, like whenever like these people are put in positions where the gods put them there and this is your job but then they rebel but they have all this power still <laughs> you know I mean, like po- possibly <laughs> i'm thinking of the guy that uh 
that guards the road to Isengard. He gets bodied more times. I know, but he's worse. strong as hell. Dude, people are just strong as hell though. Villains were taking that road at will for most for most of the series. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, what I'm getting at is like, there, if there's a prison realm that exists, there's some freaking people in there, and there's people that contain the prison realm. There's got to be there's got to be some strong people going in and out of this thing. I mean, maybe, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying like. Ghetto using this, there has to be a question mark that he doesn't know about that he's willing to risk, and it could come back to bite him. I mean, it could be like I didn't think it was like I wasn't looking at it as like a prison realm, like where it's like where they go to hell in Dragon Ball Z and like Frieza and Cell, or like, and I was thinking it more so like Gojo just like sealed by himself by curse, not like there's other like villains in there with them and powerful beings like and they're all just like in a hodgepodge <laughs> void just throwing hands uh-huh. i don't know if that's what it's gonna be i don't know there's It'd be like cool some if it was. gatekeeper in there that's keeping them all in line I just yeah that's what i'm saying like there's, there's gotta room, be somebody running I think there's running room the place for that in the story it can't just be like gojo's trapped in a void i think it i think it's it has super- to be there has to be like a part of Gojo being the main character where we have to continue to see him develop and not just in flashbacks. You know? Yeah. It would make for a better story for him to lose in this fight and then come back and then outsmart with some new power or like some new ally. Again, like though, a it's a little soon. They're kind of they're kicking a dead horse at that point. Like we already saw him lose and develop. Like this season, I know it was like yeah, but he was time just a wise back then. Yeah, I mean it was, but it all happened this season, so they're gonna basically re, they're basically retelling the same arc. Yeah, like he got outmatched and lost, but wasn't ready. But he overcame it because he's the strongest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would literally be the same thing happening again. Yeah, wish they could do it. We'll see. We got. How many more episodes? 12... 16 more episodes this season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else to add to this one. Another great episode. Tune in next week. You got anything else, Brennan? Nope. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. I'm Jordo. Brennan. We are the Evans Bros, also known as the Casual Anime Fanatics. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great week, and as always, peace out. Peace out.